The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East mixtape, which you can listen to wherever you get your NFC East podcast, blog, whatever networks across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch it on the Bidding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. If you listen or watch, wherever you are, thank you for being a part of our show. We love you very much. I say we. He has Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. I am Arjo Cho from Blogging the Boys. BLG, happy Halloween to you and me, recording on Tuesday, October 31st um about eleven twenty-one central standard time uh the greatest month of the year is about to come to an end we have a really spooky show for the audience today we got my jack skellington polo here we got can you actually here can you can you say is that a plastic pumpkin or is that no, real? It's a real pumpkin okay i mean well, i didn't know like you know so um yeah right before we started recording brandon said hold on and then you were gone for like 20 minutes and you came I back gone for polo. 20 minutes i was gone for like three minutes did you forget it was Halloween until I told you? I knew it intellectually, but I kind of forgot because mm. it's a busy day between the NFL trade deadline and the Sixers finally trading James Harden. Right, so it's big been a day. Busy morning. Right. Well, uh, it is Halloween, and you got into the spirit, so I will as well. <laughs> RJ is taking off his headphones for the audio listeners and putting on a mask that he's really struggling to get on his head. <laughs> But uh, he is working through it, and it's finally on. There he is. What's up? Have, have you played the new game yet? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm 9% through. It's very difficult to see out of. Um, did you explain what was happening for the podcast? I, yeah, I did. Of course. Okay. I always try to do that for the audio listeners. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to leave this on all too long, but, you know, want to make sure we get some proper, um, you know, mileage out of it. Uh, the new good. game is incredible. Like yeah. Uh, is, the new game is. I'm. I'm excited to play it. I haven't played a video game in a long time, just too busy, big time flex, but I love Venom, so I want to play. It's, Venom's in the game, right? Uh, not at the point that I'm at um, okay. yet. I'm but still... Like on the the, the He's trailer it, yes. for the game, they showed like gameplay, or they showed, I saw some gameplay with Venom, so... What's very cool is you are both uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales at different points, and sometimes like both of them in the same mission. Um, so that in and of itself is cool, but there is a lot of Spider-Man lore, um, obviously. It's a very cool game if you are a Spider-Man fan, um, which if it isn't obvious, I uh, 
I am. Uh, my son dressed as Spider-Man um, at daycare today. Uh, we all dressed as Spider-Man last year. That's the thing, BLG. And I think some other parents out there will understand. You you can't throw away costumes. You can't get rid of them. He was Spider-Man for trick-or-treating last year, but he gets to wear the daycare this year because it's you know it can get dirty there. He's Winnie the Pooh as far as our trick-or-treating that is yet to come. How do you spell Spider-Man? Uh, S well, capital S P I D E R dash capital M A N. Good job. Yeah, I'm gonna take this off now. It's very difficult to speak. All right, RJ's gonna take off his headphones and then take off the mask he's wearing. He's back without the wow. mask. All the bad guys are gonna come get me now that I revealed my secret if identity. You're not listen- if you're not watching the NFC East mixtape on YouTube, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, where else do you get that kind of stuff? I mean. Um, subscribe bleedingyournation.com uh and the bleeding your nation well not bleedingyournation.com but yeah, bleeding your nation <laughs> and the blogging the boys youtube um big day obviously besides the spider-man mask uh, happening now some of what we talk about could be dated by the time people get to listen to this on well November that's 1st. no different than any <laughs> every <laughs> well not even just any every NFC's mixtape. We got a big trade that happened right before we started recording, which is a very good thing. Um, but you mentioned it. Congratulations, James Harden, no longer a part of the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we've got you know a lot of trades actually, more than we usually or more than we yeah. ever have to talk about in a single episode. We have games one between two divisional teams, and we are of course um, talking in the lead up, or I guess the week of the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we did not get the Rangers Phillies World Series T's and P's mm-hmm. on that. Um, that would have maybe been the only thing that could have made this a little bit bigger. Uh, but uh, on the subject of that, and obviously we have a lot to get to, uh, our plan is to have a live mixtape on Thursday evening in parallel with Thursday Night Football. Thank goodness it's not a great game. Um, I did want to shoehorn in. Uh, we are going to get a Pennsylvania-based team in the Steelers facing off against a team well, that has a star on its helmet because the Titans have those three little ones that, that ordered the, the logo. Steelers and the Eagles used to be the same team at one point. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so it's kind of a, a proper, you know, two teams to um, work in parallel with our live mixtape. So uh, that will be streaming for sure on the blog of the boys YouTube channel. We always run into difficulties there, but we will, of course, podcast it and everything. Uh, We'll make sure that you have points of access to it on social media as well. We are also working on coordinating some friends to stop by Brandon because it's Cowboys Eagles week. So it has to be a a big one. I mean, that's too soon. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Oh, man, that was... um, Man, I mean, like celebrity deaths obviously are, are, you know, impact people in different ways. Um, I, like a lot of people our age, grew up with friends and I've seen you it a million times. You know, we're friends with Matthew Perry's character. Yeah, I, I saw this great quote about um, celebrity deaths. That, I mean, not, not, the, not that they're great, but it was like they impact people so severely in some ways because, you know, they're. Their, their, their characters are there for you on days where you're not feeling great and their characters picked you up, you know, in down moments and things like that. And so you, you know, there, there's a, a sense of relationship there, you know, and so um, social really, relationship. Yeah, really, 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 um, really sad. Um, one of the funniest people to ever live. And so rest in peace, Matthew Perry. And your friend as Ross. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a big thing for me. You know, I, I feel like I looked a lot more like him um, mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Um, when my hair is shorter, it, it really hits like early season in Ross. Um, but so, yeah, a lot of the I didn't know when I was in high school and I would watch the show that I would go on to talk for a living um, about something. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, friends helped morph my personality in some ways, at least like the, the way I speak and converse in social settings. And 
help me get through being awkward, like moments like this. Mm. So. What do you want to do first? We have games. We have trades. We have... You got to go in order, of... baby. Okay. So, um, divisional standing, still the same. Philadelphia Eagles continue to reign atop the NFC East. They beat the Washington Commanders 38-31. to The Commanders is going to get a lot of play uh, today here on the mixtape. But 30-31, to the final score. I've been saying for weeks that I wanted to see the Eagles, out of a point of interest, be in, in kind of a down spot, like a 14 nothing spot. This was 14-3. to um, it was a heavy noon window on Sunday afternoon, so I couldn't keep as much tabs on this as I wanted to with the Cowboys playing, but it was fascinating to kind of box score watch all day long. Credit to the Eagles. They put their foot in the ground, dug in, A.J. Brown. That is going to be the worst take I will have ever had. Mm. Like, my Colts one is among the very best. This is the exact opposite. Like, I'm never yeah. speaking about A.J. Brown ever again. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's to the degree. It's not even yeah. just like, okay, pass or fail, like right or wrong. It's like to the degree – and I'm not even trying to slay me with that. I'm just saying, like, no, it was been. A... He, I mean, he's been better than anyone could have even like. He's been better than the Eagles could have realistically hoped for. I mean, he's a top what player in the NFL right now? Like, um, I mean, if you include quarterbacks and adjust for the inherent value, I mean, he's a. There, I, I would say there are like five players who can challenge for being, you know, among quarterbacks in the NFL. I've said Micah Parsons is in that mix, like. Miles Garrett's in that mix, TJ Watt. Like, there's a handful of defenders of not or of offensive players. AJ Brown is absolutely kind of leading the way there. Maybe mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey when he's hot, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Maybe Jamar Chase. It feels like Jamar's kind of cooled a little bit. Right now, that's kind of it. I mean, you know, you could argue some offensive linemen in certain cases, but AJ Brown is number one on that non quarterback list. He literally did something no receiver has ever done with 125 receiving yards in six straight games. And I mean, no, there's really no signs that, like he's slowing down. I mean, obviously he won't just do this probably for the rest of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he adds like a game or two more, potentially even more onto that. He's unguardable right now. That's the thing. Like, no one's the commanders had good coverage on him too. This wasn't just like, oh, blown coverage or, oh, AJ beat them so bad. The commanders defended him perfectly on some of those plays and it just didn't matter because AJ Brown is that much better. He makes incredible catches that can't be guarded. Um, credit to Jalen Hurts, you know, for giving AJ the chance and putting the ball, especially on that, the one handed at first touchdown where he grabs it with one hand and then uh, secures it with the other. Like that's just thrown exactly to where only AJ can potentially get that. And, you know, the defender has no chance at all. Uh, I think it was Benjamin St. Juice playing perfect coverage. Just he can't do anything about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been insane and he basically is the Eagles offense right now. That's fine because like it's working. Why not go to it? Um, and yeah, for as much as, uh, ire as there's been about Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, I mean, Eagles are like top of their third in points, um, just right behind the Cowboys. They are like, you know, first and first downs and they're high ranking in a lot of offensive categories. The offense is humming. They like, were not that far away from putting up 52. They didn't do that, but they were like one Jalen Hurts push push fumble at the goal line which i'm not really like worried about that being an issue because it's been an unstoppable play for them more, it's not more unstoppable often, anymore though it was literally I mean, like nearly unstoppable play okay. as long as we're literally correct <laughs> a high percent of a incredibly high percentage play for them uh and then the kenny gainwell fumble which is just i don't know why we're using kenny gainwell in the red zone but in any case um both of those happened with inside the five i mean like they were knocking on the door a 50 point performance there ended up with 38 uh, offense is humming 
Um, I did want to add one more thing on AJ Brown. Um, when I saw this, you know, like I kind of, again, you, you kind of see things popping throughout the day. And then, you know, sometimes, and I, we forgot Tyreek Hill in the discussion of players um, in that capacity. And so like, sometimes Tyreek will have a big day and it's like, well, of course he had like an 84 yard touchdown. You know what I mean? Cause that's like what Tyreek Hill does. No, the longest reception that AJ Brown had was what, 25 yards. I mean, so like, it's not like, you know, he had this big chunk, you know what I mean? That like yep. kept the 125, whatever streak alive. Um, he can so do kudos. that though. That's the thing. It's just, sure. Like, there's no, there's really no weakness with AJ. Like he can go, he, he wins at every level. He can catch a pass short and break tackles. He can win in the intermediate game, which he does a lot. He can go deep. He can be a deep threat, but he doesn't have to, to your point. Um, it was funny from like an NFL culture standpoint to see the tush push um, stopped um, and to see like everyone's brains kind of break in the moment. And, I do think that this kind of speaks to the weird commanders of it all. I think this is going to be an episode where we've like intermingled the discussion for all four teams just because there's so much happening. Um, I heard a take from Greg Rosenthal on the latest around the NFL podcast where he said that this relationship that the commanders kind of have with the Eagles right now uh, reminds him of the one that the St. Louis Rams used to have with the Seahawks, like in the heyday of the Seahawks, like just this weird. Remember how like Jeff Fisher's Rams, like for whatever reason, like always hung with or beat the Seahawks. And that kind of began the weird NFC West relationship that we still kind of see a little bit today. Uh, but it was it was strange, like how that was like their kryptonite. And you can't really say that because the Eagles won both of these games. Um, but the commanders, I mean, it was I you I imagine you were stressed or tense or whatever, like, and to be able to to stop the tush push, I mean, like, I would say, you know, of if you ranked the 10 most stressful moments of you know, Eagles football the last two years, maybe Washington is responsible for like five of them. I mean, like that is weird, but it's true nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, when the tush push, you're fumbling on that instead of getting a touchdown at the one yard line. And I tweeted it out at that point. It's like, it's just not your day at that point. Like, that's not like, well, the it was a bad call or the players didn't execute properly, which they didn't. But I mean, it's not like, again, something that's characteristic as much as it's just, okay, this is the downside of that play, I guess. And it rarely ever happens, but it did happen in that moment. And it was a big point in the game. But outside of that, I mean, Jalen Hurts was really good in this game, especially considering that he didn't have his legs so much available to him. Apparently, he was kind of hobbling around out there. Um, he did pick up one first down early in the game with his legs, so still has that ability if he, like, he really needed to. But also, that was earlier on. And uh, as the game went on, we did not see him run. But he didn't need to because he was sensational with his arm. Ended up with four touchdown passes. It's one of the, I think it's the third highest passer rating or second he's ever had. It's his second, I believe, in his career in a game. So uh, really sharp performance from him and sometimes uh unlike the week before really the two weeks before against the dolphins and the jets uh your defense isn't going to come through for you sometimes sometimes it's going to be a shootout and you need your quarterback to put up the points there and win you that game and that's exactly what he did so that's kind of an encouraging sign going into this stretch coming up ahead it gives you some level of confidence that he can do just that i'm genuinely asking it's 11 turnovers right now i think it's 12 in the last nine games and okay. you always ask, why do I do that? Why? But it's like, true. But why? It's statistically I know, I'm not denying the, or, you know, uh, disputing the truth of what you're saying, but why go to just that game? It's not even like it, that makes it 10 or that makes it some even number. Like, if you just go off of this season, that's eight games. Like, that's way more than enough of a sample size. Like, you know, there's just – unless you're doing that to positively inflate the other stats from, you know, the way he played in the Super Bowl – Maybe no, that's not. your angle. I'm just but, saying like, it's been a, an issue for him in the last nine games he's played. So and if uh, you're just going this season, then yeah, it's been an issue for him this season. I guess the only way I would kind of like 
step in line with this weird thought is the two games prior to the Super Bowl were not um were not games that required Jalen to be, you know, serious. Right. I mean, it, again, like being kind of silly, to carry the team with his arm. Right. But he did obviously against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And then he has every game of the regular season. So that's a fair bit of analysis that in, in the last nine games where like, you know, it was stressful, it was tense and, and you weren't just like walking all over opponents. He's turned the ball over 12 times. That is exactly. a very that's an absolute trend. Um, what was the last again? I'm, I'm genuinely asking, what was has he played a game without any turnovers this year? I believe so. Um, because he's had multiple in a couple, so I a lot. Think I mean, more than a couple if, if he's if he's had none in one. Um, but uh, sorry, I this is a weird episode once again. I think the Rams uh, game, he didn't have one, yes. Um, I was just making sure there's chatter that Devontae Adams is one. not requesting a trade, so oh, and, go ahead. Wait, actually, no, he did in the Rams game. Sorry, he didn't have one in the first Commanders game, he did not turn the ball over in that game, and he also didn't turn the ball over. And no, that's it. Every other game he has, except, you know, this one wasn't like, this wasn't like an egregious so this turnover. This it's wasn't just, the interception against the Jets, but it, it's I don't a, think it was turnover a turnover nonetheless. It was just like the snap. Sometimes the snap gets bobbled. That's not like the player is bad or like it's, you can't, like, I don't, that's not, that doesn't point to a greater flaw as much as it's just like sometimes you snap the football and a weird thing happens. Well, uh, what is the status of his injury? What was the report that he got worked on for like an hour after the game? I think that was a little like I think that's one of those things where it was written in a story. It was so the context of what you're referring to is there was a column, not even like a report on the inquirer. So it's not even supposed to be about like newsy thing. Like that's not the point of the column. The column was about like some bigger theme. But, you know, the NFL aggregator accounts which have been enabled by Elon's Twitter giving everyone just blue checks and then everyone just, you know, and then everyone aggregates the stuff without a lot of context. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it might be factually true. In any case, Jay Glazer had reported before the game on Sunday that Jalen Hurts is dealing with a uh, bone bruise in his knee. He's been dealing with it for multiple weeks. We saw him kind of limping out there at times on Sunday. Um, so he seems to be less than 100%, but, I mean, a lot of players are banged up at this point in the season, and he hasn't been listed on the injury report, so I guess it's not serious enough. I think the, the qualifier there is like a player getting treatment is uh has to be on the injury report or whatever. I saw something Florio write about that. Um, clearly the Eagles haven't had to put him on there. So I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. It's not nothing because any kind of injury to a quarterback, even if a quarterback has like, you know, a sore finger or, or a stub toe, like that's, that's news because it's a quarterback and it's a big deal. Remember how Tom Brady had that wrapping on his thumb at one point and it was like the big, and he was wearing gloves and it was like, there's like a well, whole press conference about it. Yeah. I remember he was, big, he was like, wasn't Tom Brady on like the injury report is like probable for like 93 weeks in a row or something at one point in time. Uh, like probably, just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I, I wasn't bringing it up to like, you know, make a big stink about it. But again, it was just something that was floating in the ether. So I do think it's important to address it and contextualize it. Um, I don't know if there's any other real Eagles takeaways at this point. I mean, it's A.J. Brown is is a boss. Jalen Hurts um, did what was necessary. Had a, you know, the, the tush push fail. Um, and now it's, um, you know, on to November. Last thing I have is just, you know, really not good defensive showing a week after Shutting down, basically, relative to the Dolphin standards, shutting down their offense, and then right. 
we'll get to this, I guess, more in the commander section, but not being able to defend Sam Howell for some reason. I mean, he is just thriving against the Eagles, especially in stark contrast to any other game he plays. He's not been nearly as good. So that's really weird. And I don't fully know what to make of that other than Eric Bieniemy apparently just has Sean Desai's number and no one else's. So that's a weird thing. Um, I'm not ready to say the defense is bad again just because they had a bad game. I still think, you know, there are things from that Dolphins game to take away positively. I guess one thing that is worth monitoring is that the Eagles have used, I think, like eight different, seven or eight different lineups in the secondary over eight games. So they haven't had a lot of stability there. And that kind of speaks to why they're having some secondary issues in addition to, you know, talent maybe having some problems, but not having the continuity also hurting them so maybe if they can actually get some stability there that would hurt that would help them at some point but we'll see um what were your initial takeaways of kevin byard i mean it was his first game sure i mean all that like notice. that's cowboys fans are going to be curious leading into this week so i like, didn't I, mean, I don't think i didn't see anything from him noteworthy really either way he seemed like just fine out there i don't think he was giving up big plays i don't think he made big plays he was kind of just there he played 100 percent of the snap so i think that's good that he was able to do that on short notice as a nice sign um but yeah again with all the moving parts in the secondary and him only getting to philly uh a few days before the game i can't really you know i didn't i didn't have much expectations for him and i think that's a position anyway that a player could potentially get more comfortable with uh at the, as the season goes along all right, let's move on because we have a lot. Um, but again, AJ Brown, Bosmo, Jalen Hurts still was necessary. The Commanders weirdly competitive against the Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys um, got out to an early lead and just kept pouring it on. Forty-three to twenty was the final score against the Rams. Um, I did want to get in right now. Dak Prescott threw four touchdowns, and so did Jalen Hurts, obviously, and so did Sam Howell. I saw this um, from the NFL on CBS Instagram account. I don't know if you saw it. So Hurts, Howell, and Dak all threw four touchdowns on Sunday. Mm -hmm. The Giants have four passing touchdowns on the season. Mm. <laughs> How many yards this, did uh, that Tommy DeVito guy end up with? Uh, I, I don't, we'll get there, but um, but anyway, um, this was the this this had like trap game written all over it for the Cowboys. Um, what with lots of DFW people excited about the Rangers in the World Series, um, mm. with the Cowboys coming out of their bye, with the the week after this game being on the road against the Eagles, we obviously saw the Cowboys look ahead to San Francisco, um, you know, and that was a big reason why they lost. You know, we kind of think in our observations to the Cardinals, um, even though it wasn't directly the week uh, after, but um, this this was an impressive kind of not that uh, from the Cowboys. Like I said. It really uh, got away uh, from the Rams over the course of two minutes and 58 seconds, to use uh, the great Bob Sturm's analysis. Um, it Near the end of the first quarter, uh, Dallas was already up 10-3, to um, and then the pick six happened. Deron Bland, who recorded his third pick six of the season, uh, he has just been this incredible find for the Cowboys, obviously, and is thriving um, with, you know, the new responsibilities in the aftermath of Trayvon Diggs' injury. So the Deron Bland picks happens, um, the pick six, excuse me, and then mm -hmm. early in the second quarter, very early, uh, the Cowboys stifle the Rams' offense, uh, mostly because of Micah Parsons, and Sam Williams, who was the gunner, blocks the punt. Okay, holy crap, but punt goes out for a safety um, you know, hey, it would have been cool if he had recovered this for a touchdown, but he blocked it very ferociously, not the biggest deal in the world. And then Cavante Turpin has his best return of the season immediately after. Holy crap, everything is going right for the Cowboys. And then like five seconds later, 
Dak had CD Lane for his second touchdown of the day. It was over right then, and everything was kind of pretty much in cruise control after that. Uh, it was Dallas's 11th straight win at home. They've won every game at home since the season opener last year. Um, and it was their 29th overall win since 2021. I tweeted this out. The only teams who have won more games, regular season games, obviously, uh, than them in that time are the Chiefs uh, with 32 and the Eagles and Bills are both tied at 29. It's 28 for Dallas, sorry, 28. Uh, whatever they're behind you get my point i'm getting the math wrong but still what do you I, think we learned about the cowboys from that game um well that they weren't looking ahead that they you know clearly identified some some issues on offense that's what i think maybe was the biggest takeaway i wrote this big article um right when the bye week began about how the cowboys weren't utilizing the middle of the field at all um and that really changed in this game uh jake ferguson had the first touchdown of the day it was probably the prettiest catch that any cowboy had uh, and it was right over the middle of the field. And we've seen Dak really thrive there in the past with different tight ends. And Jake Ferguson's now the, the beneficiary. I don't take anything away from him. But, uh, you know, again, Dak has made that position succeed a lot in the past. We learned that they realized, hey, maybe we should force feed the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, we have been saying forever as Cowboys fans, even, you know, prior to CD, like, why don't you use Amari Cooper the way that the Packers use Devontae Adams or the way that the Rams use Cooper Cup? Like, why don't, like, this dude should have a billion targets. Like, why, you know, everybody was so pissed off that Michael Gallup had 10 targets against the Chargers. And all due respect to Michael Gallup, that made sense. Uh, do you know how many targets CD Lamb had in this game? I don't. He had 14. What would you That's guess were the next highest? The, the Like, the number of the next highest by a Cowboy? Five. Four. Wow, you failed all over the place. Uh, so again, it was the, it was the CD Lamb show. I mean, and good, like <laughs> that's what it should be. Um, they also learned that hey, Brandon Cooks kind of a deep threat. <laughs> like maybe you should let Brandon Cooks just take the top off of defenses. Um, so I don't know that the reaction is the same as after Week One and Week Two, where it was like, oh, this team walks on water. Everything they touch turns to gold. They can't make any single mistakes. But this really on offense looked like the identifying of problems the assessing of them over the course of the buy and the implementation of some different things coming out of it. And again, I would say the final takeaway would be that um, they didn't, they didn't get caught in this game, which is a, a new thing for them. It is uh, maybe not new, new, but this is a hallmark of the Mike McCarthy era and everybody can make their jokes, but they are so different in that they don't get, you know, they don't sleepwalk to these games. They, they beat the crap out of bad teams. They defend home turf. Those were not things that they did in the Jason Garrett era, which again, I'm not saying that because Mike McCarthy is better than Jason Garrett, everybody freak out, but this is a newfound sort of phenomenon for the team. I think we've seen the Cowboys look really good when they've looked really good this year. And when they don't look really good, they look pretty bad. So it's like, it's just, I know that sounds very simple and reductive, but it's, it's one of the two extremes. Basically it feels like this year, they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. I don't know. I guess the Jekyll is the good side. They've been more really Jekyll than Hyde. But the I don't. Been... I really don't. Is that a Christmas thing? I really don't know. What are you talking about? Is Jekyll and Hyde a Christmas story? Like I feel what like it was. No. It's, a, it's a thing that's Is around it? Christmas. No, I thought it's. I, like... I always thought that like the, I've never read it's like a scary this, thing, but it, I thought it like I thought the timing of the story took place at Christmas time, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I'm looking it up here. I've never read anything. It. I don't know if it's something to read. Is it a? A movie like is there a Jekyll I understand the reference but like I don't know where it comes from or its point of origin by the way while you're looking that up uh thank the you gothic uh, novella well a thank you to all of the mixologists who uh told me over the course of last week that uh Bruce Springsteen playing 
uh, or not playing rather, and uh, Huey Lewis in the news playing when Michael Scott thinks that it's it, like apparently it, it's a joke that Michael Scott thinks you know Huey Lewis in the news are Bruce Springsteen. That's why it's playing on that episode of The Office. It's not an accident. And I was also reminded several times that I've complained about this in the past. So now I'm starting to forget. We've, we've done the mixtape so long that I've forgotten things that I complained about in the past. So that was kind of a cool tangent. But anyway. Yeah, yeah it's uh, not. I don't think it's holiday related. What's that movie? Oh, The Page Master. I love that movie. There's a Dr. and Jekyll and Mr. Hyde reference in that movie. With um, Is that Macaulay Culkin? I would also add um, to the to the things that we learned. Um, so Dallas went into the half with the the lead. It was thirty three to nine, um, and they had really beat up Matthew Stafford, which is I mean nobody's like proud of that or anything. Certainly hope Stafford's all right. Um, but the Rams, to their credit, um, came out in the second half, got the ball, and drove all the way down the field and scored. And it was you know. I don't know that it was like stressful, um, but I do think that some Cowboys fans were, and, and so the Rams got the two point conversion because they were down twenty four points. So it's like okay, all of a sudden you've you've got you know a lot of the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter left. If you go three and out, you punt the ball back. Like maybe they go make this a one possession game really quickly. Um, and the Cowboys, to their credit, a a drive that took up seventeen plays and nine minutes and fifty seven seconds off of the clock in the third quarter was just like exactly what was needed. It, it just deflated whatever air the Rams were able to kind of put back into their balloon. Um, Dallas only uh, kicked a field goal, didn't score a touchdown, but they pushed it once again to a three possession game. Also, in case you didn't see, uh, Brandon Aubrey had two field goals in this game, which gives him eighteen consecutive ones to start the season in his career. Uh, that has tied the NFL record. So if Brandon Aubrey makes his next field goal, whenever that comes, he will have the record all to himself. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> like I was saying, I don't think we learn a lot about the Cowboys in the bigger picture in terms of we we can trust them now to take care of the inferior teams. They've demonstrated that more than uh, adequately. The question still remains, you know, what did they do against the NFL's elites, which we will certainly get to see this weekend. But um, they put themselves in a spot where if they can, then they're sitting pretty because not to spoil the, the upcoming week. But if they win this game, if they beat the Eagles, then they're on the Eagles are on their bye next week. And then the Cowboys get the Giants, who they always beat and at that <laughs> point. Their Eagles and Cowboys would both be seven and two and the Cowboys would have the tiebreaker. So they would be in a really good spot. Obviously, this this week's game is huge. And after that, the Eagles played really the, tough stretch coming up for the Eagles. yeah who's the first game out of the bye so it's the it's like the gauntlet coming up here is cowboys at home bye week chiefs right the chiefs also coming off their bye eagles and, and that's chiefs in both. kansas city right in kansas city okay and then um i forgot off the top of my head but they're playing like it's like the bills, the bills and the niners and the 49ers or yeah. and then they play this cowboys again and then they play the seahawks so it's a real tough stretch coming up now Cowboys have their own little tough stretch coming up a little bit later when they have to play Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions heading into week 18. The Cowboys through Thanksgiving, um, this is the, this Eagles game is the toughest game that they have between now and, you know, post Thanksgiving. They get the Eagles on Sunday. Um, they get the Giants at home next Sunday, which you talked about. They generally own them and the Giants have mm -hmm. admitted to being sellers. We'll get there in a moment. Um, and then they visit the Panthers, who did get their first one of the season. Um, but that is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And then they get the Commanders on mm -hmm. Thanksgiving itself. Um, and so we've been talking a lot at Blog on the Boys about how, like, you got to stack some wins up right here. Because to your point, 
the Thursday after Thanksgiving is Seattle. And then you get Philly at home after the mini buy. And then after that, back to back, you go to Buffalo, in Miami. Buffalo, and Miami, then you, yeah. you left out after Miami, you come home and you host Detroit. No, um, I said that. I mentioned that. There. Oh, my bad. Well, I, I wasn't listening. Lions leading up to week 18. Yeah, so this is the time. And if the Cowboys get this win, they'll have road divisional wins um, against the Giants and Eagles already in hand. Uh, but again, that's a big if, obviously, that we'll talk about more as we get to the lead up of the game and obviously our second show of the week. Um, let's get to the Giants game, I guess, really quickly uh, <laughs> because we don't need to spend a ton, a ton of time. Then we'll take oh, a break and get to break? all the no, no, no. We'll, we'll do this game really quickly and then wow. break and then all the trades and stuff. Uh, so the New York Giants lost. They lost. Uh, Their season's I, over. They're two I, and six. I really have nothing to add. I mean, beyond that. Do you know how many passes they attempted in this game? I meant to. Well, I meant to say because I asked earlier how many yards did Tommy DeVito end up with. It was negative one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> then you and we had more passing yards than Tommy DeVito on Sunday. So they, that's not they good. only threw the ball. 14 times saquon barkley had 36 carries dude what did you see <laughs> the tweet from was it art stapleton the one giants right or maybe no sorry it was connor hughes connor hughes who does like oh yeah who giants covers them both yeah. why, mm -hmm. who like i think he had tweeted out i guess as the giants were lining up for that 35 yard field goal by graham gano at the end um by the way i mean and Ed Valentine even said this at BigBlueView.com. And I feel like Ed's a little bit more, you know, like old school minded. Um, but he ripped Brian Dable for not going for it late in the game where it's fourth and one. And if you get the first down, game's over. Obviously, you give the Jets a chance potentially to move into field goal range if you get stopped in that fourth and one. But I mean, Graham Gano apparently like had been dealing with some shaky kicks recently. So like, what are you doing? This is another example of Brian Dable not being good at all this year and being a coward. I mean, you have to go further. You just have to, because Dude, even yeah. you, you have to, it's a yard, just get it. And I know there's risk in not getting it, but there's also a risk in missing a field goal because when you, if you kick the field goal, then you turn the ball over from the spot, you know, where the field, the, the ball is kicked from. So you're, you know, you're giving up even more yards and giving the jets a little bit closer of a chance. And you're also not taking as much time off the clock as you potentially could take off um, on a fourth down play there. So, uh, I don't think it's hindsight to say that they should have. They're all so bad. Like just dude, they're like, go so for bad. It. This is like, and, and sorry, one last thing. Like you have to eliminate overtime as much as you possibly can because you have Tommy DeVito there. You don't want to go into overtime with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Like you have to be like, we need to win this game in regulation. So we need to maximize their chances of doing that. And what you can do by doing that is make sure you just get the first down and then you win the game. Game is over. Um, I don't mean to keep quizzing you. Do you know? How, I So I can't stress enough. Like you get this, but like when, when your team plays at noon, I know we like celebrated that last week and how awesome it was, but you like things slipped through the cracks because like so much is happening at that time. Um, so like I got caught up on this game, but it wasn't until halftime of the Monday night game when Chris Berman was kind of like flying through the league. I hadn't like connected this. Do you know how many punts there were in this game? This is probably on the jets too, but like, no. do you know how, how many, what would you guess? I guess uh, 15. There were 24 punts. In this <laughs> How is that even possible? So, like, I think punt yardage is a dumb thing to track, but, like, whatever. Not, it's, not at that point. So, what else are you were, tracking in the game? There were over 1,000 yards wow. of punt That's insane. coverage in this game. That is amazing. I mean, Man, like, the special teams dudes must have been tired. That's a lot of running. Like, you're running down, f f like, full force down the field. <laughs> 
I saw, I think it was the NFL subreddit. It might've been the Jets one, but like they were talking about this game and there was like a, a you know how like people, their flair or whatever is like the team that they root mm-hmm. for. Some Jets fan was like, I'm really sorry to anyone who watched this game. Like, like it was so gross, um, man. Like just, it, it's, it's really than, fitting. It's really fitting because New York football has been total garbage since I know you know, that 2017. We, I know we said that they, the Giants now, um, clearly over-delivered last year and that warped expectations. But this isn't even in line. Lo- like, even if last year had just been, like, a normal year one of a rebuild, this isn't year two. You know what I mean? Like, this is regression for what year two should be. This is really, really, really bad. Um, but, okay, we have uh, well, lots of... Tri- last thing I'll say is, like, it's regression in a way, too, where it's not just, like, oh, things are out of their control. Dable's doing everything he can't. No. Like, Dable has been really bad this year, and I think that's concerning. Um, okay, let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. Brandon, while we were gone, you and I decided to do all of the classic sports radio Halloween things. You said spooky early on, so now I have to ask you, is candy corn good or bad? It's very good. I agree with you. You actually had a take on um, on Halloween candy after we recorded last week that I thought was really uh, profound um, that what I would I like say? you to share because I, uh, I don't it was remember about, what I said. I, I want to give you a clue, but I don't want to steal your thunder because it was a real. I don't want to like take credit for this. I've already taken credit for it like six times in my personal life um, and, and shared it with people and acted like it was my take because uh, I'm a thief. But um, it was about Twix mini. Do you remember this mini Twix? No, what did I say? All right, this was uh, copyright Brandon Lee God. I remember uh, you, saying something, but I can't remember what it was. You said that Mini Twix was the perfect like mini like quantity that a lot oh, of okay. mini candies. Um, yes. you like they're either too much or too little, whatever. That a Mini Twix yes. is like perfect, and I agree with you right. completely. Yeah, I stand by it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I'm not going to like turn down a full size Twix. But I think, yeah, relative to the other fun size candies, if you're if you're telling me I can have one fun size candy from all the options, I'm probably going with that. You're going also with the verbiage fun size as opposed to mini. Interesting. Mini, fun size, which isn't really fun. It's never more fun <laughs> to have less candy. Right. Um, okay. Then um, 
that's that. Um, so I want to reiterate, we need to reiterate uh, that it's now 1157 Central on Halloween. Um, so it's very possible. In fact, some would argue probable to Brandon's point earlier, given the history of this show, that something else has happened. But to date, Brandon, we have four trades involving NFC East teams. Now, we talked last week about the Eagles trading for Kevin Byard. We obviously talked about him when we talked about the game. Um, there was a second Eagles trade. It was a small one, but can you just mm-hmm. please let us know what it was uh, that happened on Monday yeah. They traded Contavious Street, who was basically like the sixth defensive, fifth fifth defensive tackle in their six-man defensive tackle rotation, to the Falcons. Uh, they also traded a twenty twenty-five seventh, and they got back a conditional twenty twenty-four sixth-round pick. Which the condition is Contavious Street has to play six games. I would think he'll hit that, barring injury, because the Falcons just lost Grady Jarrett, and mm-hmm. they went out of their way to acquire Contavious Street. So I think they would want to play him. Uh, but basically. What to know is that the Eagles gave up a 2024 sixth in the Kevin Byard trade. So this kind of, and in addition to a 2024 fifth. So this kind of helps them uh, recoup value there. And it, it clears up a spot for Moro Ojomo, who they drafted in the seventh round this year and kept on the roster as their seventh defensive tackle. But uh, he kind of was blocked from being able to play. So not really the biggest deal. Uh, it's kind of funny because it's like, wait, they're selling? even though they're good this year? Not really. It's just that uh, they had an expendable player. They could get something for him, and they did. Okay, thank you for the update. Um, I think you would agree, though, some pretty inconsequential trade. Uh, there's two others that are of extreme significance. Also on Monday afternoon, the New York Giants traded away Leonard Williams. Uh, Leonard's finally out of New York. What uh, are the <laughs> Seahawks doing? What are they so, doing? But- but Leonard Williams is finally for you. Like we talked about and we joke about it all the time, the like funk that New York football has been in since 2017. Leonard Williams is finally free. Like, you know what I mean? Like head to the West Coast, baby. Uh, but he is headed to the Seattle Seahawks. You mentioned this. The Giants uh, received in return for Leonard Williams a 2024 second round draft pick, obviously. So that's next year. I know that 2024 sounds like it's like five years away. This next year, dude. Um, and a 2025 a fifth. Um, so the big thing is the second round pick next year. Um, this is smart. If you're the giants, like you, like you've got to come to terms with what the season is. You got to cash out on what you can. You got to acquire a lot of assets. Cause you're going to need an influx of young talent. I can't believe, I mean, great job by Joe Shane getting a second round pick from the Seahawks. What are the Seahawks doing? Like what? Yeah, this is a little weird. What? Why? Why? Who? Like, why do you have to have Leonard Williams <laughs> for, in, for what? Like half a season? I don't know. It was Did all they... the. There was all the chatter before the season about how their like run defense was going to be terrible. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, again, like if I'm if I'm reaching to explain it, I mean that's the that's Giants about have had bad run defense go. with Leonard Williams. I'm not. I'm again. I'm not like advocating for the move, um, and I'm certainly not happy because I'm pissed because this was this was a, a net positive for the Giants. But um, in his last twenty games, Leonard Williams has four sacks. I don't think you should base it all on sacks. I mean, but yeah, that's, that's a big, still a you're giving scene. up a second round pick RJ and he's turning I've, 30 next year. If he, and that's even if he resigns. Okay. I let's mean, go back to his last three years. Mr. DeMarcus Lawrence. Don't put it all in sacks. 37 games. He has 10 and a half sacks in 37 games. You gave up a second round pick and you're like, now see the thing here is that the giants, um, you know, took on, a lot of the money like to get a right. better pick which is smart that's what they should do who cares yeah who cares about the money like that doesn't matter get the more valuable asset that's the way more you know harder thing to come by you can always make cap space or whatever you can't just make a second round pick so the giants did very well for themselves here uh they were honest with themselves they weren't like you know they didn't buy and they were willing to sell so i think this is a a of a trade it's a 
I mean, A plus, this is a great trade by the Giants uh, and a very dumb one by the Seahawks. We'll get to the Commanders and Bears in a moment, uh, but to spoil that a bit, everyone's kind of dragging the Bears for trading for a player that, you know, is in a contract year, right? Like sending a second round draft pick. And like nobody to your point really kind of that I saw like trash the Seahawks. Like maybe there was like some points of criticism, but there was no like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I think that does kind of speak to like, like it's vogue right now to hate on the Bears. The Chase Claypool trade doesn't, you know, isn't necessarily like work or didn't work out for them. So like, it's just, it's like, oh, it's another thing. But it's like, this is kind of the exact same thing. Um, obviously the Seahawks are competitive, you know, don't get me wrong, but um, but it's it's a strange move. Like to give up a second, like you're, you're going to, extend him i presume right like you didn't send this for no reason um so i mean i guess but to your point you're extending somebody who's going to be 30 by the time pen meets the and paper it's a lot of money like he's going to be costly yeah. like he's made a lot of money in the past you're not getting him for cheap and he has leverage because you gave up a second round pick for him um i do think this is the clearest indication not that we were lacking it that the giants are waving the white flag on this season and how could you not i mean you know what i mean like you're two and six it is what it is i mean um, you just two and six but i mean like the eagles and the cowboys are two of the best teams in the conference so like you know you're not climbing out of that hole to overtake them right um and again you got a second round draft pick the rest of this season is about figuring crap out whoever else you can move you have to um and by the way we will address the whatever you know moves do happen obviously uh between now and our live show on the live show particularly if they involve the eagles or the cowboys but um are we done with the giants i mean because again this was kind of like this, this was a big win for them well what's what who do they have next didn't they have this crazy schedule here? The Giants next. Um, and I'm glad you brought this well, up, we'll actually. They, they, they visit the Raiders next. But mm -hmm. for what it's worth, um, the Eagles still have to play the Giants once, correct? They have to play them. Wait, the Giants? Yeah, or the Eagles haven't, haven't played the Giants the at Eagles all. They play the Giants. Are you ready for this? In week 15, or sorry, in week 16 and week 18. Dumb. That's like so the dumb. Broncos Chiefs thing we just saw. I hate so that. Dumb. I mean, we, well, at least they don't play them in back to back games like they did the Commanders last I year. That was stupid, but at least you can say for the, this is dumb to be, I'm with, we're on the same page here. At least in the Chiefs Broncos thing, it was on a Thursday night, the first one. So there's like more days between those <laughs> two, like, but I mean, still, I dumb. suppose. Um, but again, we agree this is stupid. Uh, so no Leonard Williams for those games, obviously, but the Eagles still have to play the Seahawks. And similarly, the Cowboys have already played the Giants once, um, so they will not see him next Sunday when they host the Giants, uh, but they will see him, obviously, with the Seahawks on Thursday Which Night Football. Worse, because you'd rather him be on the Giants, though. Sure. Um, okay, so we're ready to move on. To the Commanders, who... Yeah, so this had never happened before in the history of the NFC's mixtape. Uh, I guess it had with Carson Wentz. Um, so both times have involved the Commanders. Uh, but that was a, a trade that spurred an emergency episode. Uh, this the first. Right. Uh, this uh, happened right before our normal scheduled recording. Um, it is obviously the day of the deadline for you and I in terms of our time. And the Washington Commanders... Well, first of all, there was the report... I think it's silly when these things come out, but it is just what it is. Uh, there was the report on Sunday, like in the morning dump of news or whatever, that the game against the Eagles was going to be like a domino effect or a fork in the road for the commanders. Like, you know, if the, like the, the brass tax of it all was like, if they lose, they're going to trade people. <laughs> like, and it was like, well, duh, they're probably going to lose. Although it was 14 to three at one point. So, you know, what the hell do we know? But anyway, commanders lose. So that sends them down one path. Uh, they traded away Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears. We obviously hinted at this, and everybody knows about it by now. It was a second-round draft pick. Uh, what are you doing, Ryan Poles? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, in 2024, 
A plus move for the commanders in my book. You you gotta cash out now. Um, and at the time of our recording, Chase Young is still on the team. Grant Paulson tweeted out that uh, the commanders preferred to move Chase Young, but they liked the compensation for Sweat. So you can't blame them for this. But again, A A plus even. I mean, he was on a in a contract year. You had to do it. I saw if the season ended today, which it doesn't the Bears would be sending the number 35 overall pick. So like almost, you know, a very late first there. And obviously the Bears are going to continue to be bad here, I think. So, I mean, this is a great move. What are, What's going on here? Usually we get on the podcast and rip the Giants and the Commanders for doing dumb things. Now they're doing smart things. I don't like this. I think this is a very smart move. And it's also concerning from, a, it's especially concerning because, and it must feel great if you're a Commander fan, because there was concern that, okay, they're not actually going to make moves at the deadline because Ron Rivera doesn't benefit from that. You know, he's a lame duck head coach. He has to do everything in his mind to try to win now still, even though that's clearly um, DOA. So uh, they're clearly not operating that way, which is smart. They shouldn't be. And they also shouldn't be allowing just a week eight game against the Eagles to dictate whether they're like (laughs) on the right track or not. Uh, But hey, it worked out to where uh, they are selling. And I don't think they should necessarily, they shouldn't sell both guys. You can't just sell everyone. Like it doesn't need to be a fire sale. I think the thing is that you have to wonder potentially, can you resign all of them? And I think if you're, I think it's, it makes sense to pick between Taishong and Montez Sweat. And it seems like that's what they did here. Uh, I don't think you need to definitely sell both because you can just resign Taishong potentially or tag well, him, whatever. You can't get a second round compensatory pick. So it's important to get, right? Like right. you can only get a third at the highest. So it's important to get, one you know what i mean if you can't like it's, those are late in the round those are after the round this is a very high second round pick oh you're talking about even like traditional com- or nor- like compensatory picks in general like even if montez sweat had walked to your point at best you're getting a third round like you're let's late pick third, what like yep. 100 101 whatever yep so like you're you're getting to your point pick like 35 at this point in time yeah. um just a huge 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 win for the commanders and and again you might still re-sign chase young Maybe he's not the player they move next if they do move somebody. If if we had to forecast, maybe they move Jacoby Brissett. I know there's a lot of people who want to see him wind up in Atlanta or Minnesota. Um, obviously, in the you know Kirk Cousins fallout. Um, but I do think this is valuable. Like you're you're making your you know your operation enticing for people, right? Like you're you're acquiring assets. So whoever you're going to bring in in your front office or your coaching staff, they're coming into a, a place that has a lot to work with. If you do do another rebrand, you should just suck it up. Just deal with it. Just get through your, your you know, you're almost done through, you know, crawling through all this. I mean, it will be an, adv- an advantageous spot for someone to be in like a sports rabid town and market, whatever. Like it's a bummer to see the commanders do this. This is the worst thing that we have seen happen to us this year uh, was Dan Snyder selling again, as it relates to our selfish interests. This is number two on that list. Cause this is, th- this is them accepting what the current status of things is, uh, which we didn't want to see. Yeah. It's not fun, but Hey, uh, commander Sands have put up with a lot. So I guess they deserve it. Um, do we want to offer any predictions in terms of trades? If any, do we think the Giants or Commanders are going to be able to trade anybody else before the deadline, which is in the future for us, but the past for the listeners? They should. I don't want to get in too into that because, yeah, I don't know what the point of speculating is when the listeners will know. I think it's possible, but um, and the, and the, the percent one makes a lot of sense, especially because what's the point of hanging on to him? Get anything you can for him. Um, I did want to mention this. I don't know uh, if you saw this. Uh, right before we started recording, Brandon was catching up, so maybe you missed this. Uh, there are reports... 
that the New England Patriots have received calls I did see that. About, <laughs> about Zeke Elliott. What if uh, the Eagles trade for him and then he's facing the Cowboys again? So I actually tweeted. I was like, if if this ha I said if this, and what I meant, obviously the implication was like if the Cowboys trade for him um, on Halloween uh, in the in the week of Cowboys Eagles, it would just be like incredible. Like it, it would, <laughs> I would, I would applaud the script writers in that sense. Um, I mean. I don't know. I always think it's silly how some teams like let trades happen. Like, do you remember when Marshawn Lynch got traded to Oakland at the time? And it was like the Seahawks just like let that happen. And like, cool. That was really well, nice of you. Because he um, came out of retirement, right? Right. But he he wanted he came out of retirement specifically to go play for them. But the Seahawks held his rights. And so, like, again, it's a cool thing of the Seahawks to do, like credit to them. But like, why would you well, just do that? Like, you well, know, like because what are the, what's the alternative? They just want to get nothing for him. Might as well get something for him. You're trading him to a bad team in the other that conference. Might, that might not be a good example. A better example is when Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb, who was on the Houston Texans at the time. So, like, if if you're the Texans, like, why do you just like, oh, here, okay, cool, right. sixth round yeah, pick? You're, like, you're, what? Your like, point <laughs> is like, don't just do things out of charity. And I agree with that. But I'm saying, yeah, in this, like, yeah that case, the Seahawks had some motivation to do it. And I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Don't so, yeah, the things. Randall Cobb example is much better. But so, yeah. like, you know, if it were, if you were the Packers and I was the Texans and you were like, hey, dude, Aaron Rodgers will only play if we have Randall Cobb. So we need there, him. I'd be like, okay, cool. Second round pick. <laughs> this is really in the weeds, but there is obviously a long game to play here in terms of having relationships with other general managers and thinking that that might be able to help you, you know, do another deal with that team down the road, potentially. So there is some of that at play. But in general, I agree with what you're saying, I suppose. But I wonder if we do see that kind of trade. If the Cowboys, if the Cowboys were to acquire Zeke Elliott, I think it would be something like that. Like, uh, hey, man, you know. Everybody wants this. Let's. It has to happen in terms of like there has to be some sort of quid pro quo. Let's get it done. Whatever. I don't think it's happening personally, but it would be absolutely hilarious if I'm being honest. Okay. What if, on a scale of one to ten, um, how mad would you be if it did happen and he scored a touchdown on Sunday? I. I mean, I wouldn't like the scoring a touchdown part, but I'm not like, <laughs> mad about it. I don't think that's like a great move by the Cowboys it's, it's probably a fine move given what they would have to give up for him I'm assuming it's not anything absurd by the way uh just now Dan Graziano uh NFC East mixtape legend um uh, maybe not mixtape legend but uh certainly yeah, we, NFC he's East never legend. been on here I know but like a legend in terms of what he's contributed to the division um over time but anyway he just tweeted to uh that the Cowboys are not initiating trade talks that they have received some calls from teams wondering if they would deal their defensive depth but it doesn't sound like Why? they're on the verge. Of Why anything. would they? I mean, you know, it, again, quid pro quo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just... but you're you're not selling. You're all in, unless there's well, a, a spot where you're just ridiculous, like the Eagles were ridiculously loaded somewhere down the depth chart. You could argue that that's the case at pass rusher. Maybe they deal Dorrance Armstrong, Sam okay. Williams, something like that. But I mean, again, that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, the. Uh, Giants are actually. I need to look in chronological order. It's been a mess of an episode. There's too much happening. We're not built for things odds. like this. I'm working on it. That's what I was kind of getting at. I was stalling to buy time, but then you ruined it. So now I have to stall in a different way. Um, so way to go, Brandon. Um, that was mean. Uh, anyway, um, we will discuss all of the games on Friday on TJ Football. But for now, uh, the Washington Commanders are up first. They are visiting the New England Patriots, whether or not Zeke Elliott is a part of them, and the Commanders are laying three and a half. This is in the noon window. I'm uh, sorry, they're I'll getting three the, and a half. The Commanders are getting yeah, three and a half. I, I thought so. Uh, I'll actually take the Patriots at home with the points because uh, the Commanders, 
have not looked good against other teams. Against the Eagles, yes. Against other teams, no. And uh, they're, they got worse by losing Montez Sweat. And we'll see if they trade anyone else, but they could potentially be getting even worse if they're selling off more pieces. So I know the Patriots have been bad in general, but they've shown like a little bit more life recently. So, and they're home and they're getting points. So I'll take the points. I'm not trying to get too into like team tank, but the commanders have just announced that they have no interest or they don't believe in competing this season. So yeah, they have lost all incentive to win. Uh, Meanwhile, the Patriots seem to be a little bit more involved. Obviously they have a little bit more things to chase. If you are getting like deeper about it, like Belichick and the all time wins record and things like that. So I'll take the Patriots as well. And I'll lay the points. Um, Unless the no, commanders are playing the, the Eagles, they're hard to believe. I mean, yeah, I'll lay the points. Uh, but unless the commanders are playing no, the Eagles, lay, I, I think believe you that. lay the points. I thought meant like you you, you give the points. You're getting the yeah, points. Yeah, I'm laying the points. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm laying three and a half. I thought when you said lay, I thought when you used laying, I thought that means that you're giving if, the points, though. If, I, if I'm if i laying the points, I am give, I'm giving the better the points. No, I'm getting taking the Patriots points. minus three. I'm you're taking the Patriots. The no, I'm I thought not. The Patriots they're, are dogs. I said that at the beginning. I corrected myself. They're three and a oh, half point on, favorites. The Patriots are. Oh, the Patriots are favorites. Oh, that's different. Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought they were underdogs. What a mess of an episode. Uh, wow. Yeah, I will. Despite your thought, I whatever. Usually I will take the Patriots and lay three and a half on points. TGI football, and that helps me out here. But I'm not looking at it. I need to see it. Uh, I'm laying I'll still take the Patriots. Whatever. Yeah. Are you laying the points? I'm taking the Patriots to win the game and cover. Um, the Giants and Raiders are going to have a lot of ratings, but like no ratings because they're playing at the same time as the, (laughs) as the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, yeah. Patrick Graham revenge though. Um, Raiders, Raiders in Las Vegas don't even have, they don't even have a three point home field advantage against the Giants, dude. They're two point favorites. Yeah. Against the Giants team that doesn't even have like a definitive quarterback. I guess Daniel Jones has been cleared, but like, you know, what's his status truly in terms of being healthy and effective? I will um, take I will take the Raiders. And lay the points. How much are they favored Two. by? Two. I'll take the Giants. Screw it. Okay. Um you can tell it looks so bad, dude. The Lions game so bad. Oh, I know. So I wanted to say something in advance of the Cowboys Eagles game. And we'll obviously have a lot to say about it on the live show. But I, this was so predictable. I should have realized and I was mad at myself on Monday night when, um, you know, I had the World Series on on the iPad and they were advertising because it was on Fox, the Cowboys Eagles game this week. And I thought to myself, damn it, I should have the moment that the World Series schedule came out, like whenever it was. I should have been able to like predict that that would have been the week that Cowboys Eagles, you know, would have been because like, of course, they're going to use the World Series to like push the Cowboys Eagles game, blah, 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 because that game's going to do monster numbers. But you can really tell when the NFL wants a three o'clock game to like be the only one that everybody gets. Do you know how many games there are since I've asked you a million? Do you know? Do you know how many there are this week? In the four o'clock window? Yeah, at three o'clock, four o'clock, whatever you want to call it. Two. There are three games. Okay. One of them is Cowboys Eagles. One of them is Raiders Giants, which you just said. What an awful game. The other is the no Frank Reich that. is the Frank Reich revenge game, the Colts in Carolina. No one is watching. Yeah, no one's watching any of those. Those are games. the three three o'clock games <laughs> for this game or for this week. So that's what I'm saying. Like the NFL is very strategically sacrificing, you know, the Giants, Raiders, Panthers, and Colts 
so that everyone can they can effectively have a national broadcast during the three o'clock window before yeah. the Sunday night broadcast that is Bills Bengals. Where's the is the distribution map up yet? I want to look at that. It up. might not be because it's Tuesday for us. It usually takes. Yeah. A um, Looking at five hundred six sports.com to see if that's up. It is going to be. Um, no, not up yet. It is going to be everywhere. Like yeah, it'll it be everywhere good. except literally in in whatever you know Indianapolis. I know you don't um, play fantasy, but do, do you watch the Red Zone Channel often? Uh, sometimes. So they have a rule. I don't know if you know this, but like it, it, this happens in the three o'clock window sometimes, where if there's only one game on, like say say there's four games and three of them have ended, they cannot broadcast the the fourth game because yeah. of you know they're effectively rebroadcasting it. That that mm-hmm. you know changes what they're doing fundamentally so if that happens they have to bow out and they push you to you know your local broadcaster um but my point is like whatever number this game does from a rating standpoint it will technically not include the red zone which is effectively like scott hansen is not leaving cowboys eagles for anything except to show Mm. us a few touchdowns and interceptions you know what i'm saying like it it is this game is going to be all over every single tv in the world on sunday after sure uh, but uh, if we want to pick it now, I don't know if we want to save it. We never not, do that. No, we can't pick it yet. I mean, we can talk about some. We can talk about the matchup a little, but I think it spoils the pick. I mean, we should save the pick for the okay, okay. Thursday show. Um, What's the point of even doing the Thursday show if we make the pick now? By the way, and, uh, um, it's also too early in the week for such a big matchup. By the way, on the subject of that, we're supposed to have at least our plan right now is five total people, ourselves included, on Thursday's live show. So we'll have everyone, ourselves included, offer a pick. So we will have like we'll have a three to two. You know what I mean? We'll have a tiebreaker at the very least. Wow. Um, but the Eagles are three point favorites. True home field advantage. Um, this is That's the game we've been saying. Opened up at two and a half in some places. So a little. I never saw that. There. I only uh, saw three. I don't want to say the name of the outlet because you know we're DraftKings Sportsbook show here but i saw some other outlets that had i did like i'm not making this up i did see two wow. and it's another you know it's not like some weird random book it's another notable book that is not good as drafting sportsbook um okay well and it i guess you shout know, out to them. At, at dk it's only been three i so yes but there was i saw a this little bit. um just and for more context on that i checked because dk has odds sometimes a week and a half out um so I, it was like a week ago today that i checked and it was three um so yeah. you know there was no movement after week eight is my point um this is what we've been asking for for a very 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 long time um to see <laughs> how the did Led cowboys um against the jalen led eagles we have seen I'm, it once before but I'm it getting was nervous even you saying that like i feel like <laughs> i don't even want to acknowledge it because i feel like you know, Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts somehow both stubbed their toe super hard before the game and can't play. Like, I just, it almost feels um, too good to be true. It's it's really fun and exciting. I mean, to recap, in the Dak era, because he's the longest tenured quarterback in the, you know, with his team in the NFL, but uh, certainly in this rivalry. So 2016, the first matchup was great. Uh, it was actually kind of around this time of year. I think it was October 30th. Um, and it was the Dak Cowboys against the Wentz Eagles went to overtime. Cowboys had the game winner and won week 17 though. Dallas had the one seed wrapped up. Philly was out. The game was inconsequential. 2017 Sanchez played in that game. And that was Tony Romo's last game. And he lost right. to the Eagles. He threw, a, threw a touchdown to Terrence Williams. Um, he, lost well, he, to the he didn't lose. Final game. Dak was, he, Dak in was the final game that Tony Romo played in, in the NFL, the Cowboys, the lost rent the free Eagles. is just really hilarious at this point. Anyway. Um, so, uh, 2017, the first matchup was at the time, the worst loss in AT&T stadium history on the night that Jerry Jones was honored <laughs> for going yeah. into the hall of fame. Um, Jay Hill was kicking off in that game because Jake Elliott got hurt. 
2017? Yeah. Okay, so um, it was just, it was over really kind of before it started. Like, that was Jay Ajayi. Like, everything was just, everything went up Eagles. Um, and then similarly, uh, week 17, this was before 18 games, or 17 games, rather. Uh, week 17, the Eagles had clinched the one seed. They were going to win the Super Bowl, but Dallas won a gross game, 6, six to nothing. 6 to 0. Um, and then that was 28, such a bad game. 2018, the first matchup was great. Uh, and it was Wentz kind of like trying to hold on um you know or no the first matchup was in philly i'm sorry in 2018 and that was the game yeah yeah and it was uh that was leighton vanderish had the pick uh and dak had the weird like dropped bounce pass fumble uh Mm -hmm. that he recovered um dallas won that that was the zeke hurdle game of course how could i forget i Um, I remember that and then the second matchup that was the last time we got two great games uh was in dallas uh i believe carson wentz's last start of the year in 2018 and went to overtime, and Amari Cooper had like 200 million yards um, and caught the game-winning touchdown that was tipped. That was the Kamu Gruyere Hill game that everybody remembers because oh, of what so he that's said. the no clear yeah. recovery game, which is just the that most was yeah that was the second game in 2018. Game. That's um, insane! In, I can't get in, over that. In 2019, the first game Dallas blew out uh, the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. That was the the Dak hip dance. That was that that was where that was born and then yeah. that became like a thing and then there was the second game in 2019 which was just a really flat performance for dallas that the eagles won when carson once was hurt again uh and that was kind of the if you want to talk about like an era ending in philly it was the jason garrett era it, it ended that day uh against the eagles in philadelphia oh late in, yeah late in 2019 and then um Jack was hurt that was the last like real consequential game that the two because it was kind of it wasn't for the division, but it was effectively for the division. Um, yeah. And then 2020, the first matchup, uh, Carson Wentz blew out the Ben DiNucci-led <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> and the second one, Andy Dalton blew out rookie Jalen Hurts um, at AT&T Do you remember Stadium. who Jalen Hurts threw a touchdown pass to in that game? In 2020 it? at AT&T Stadium? Yeah, it was like the first play of the game. And then he didn't play again the rest of the game. And then basically didn't play for the Eagles ever again, I think, at that point. Deshaun Jackson? Was yep. that the return? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was 2020. And then 21, the first matchup was on Monday Night Football. That was the only Dak Hurts game that we got. Uh, Cowboys blew them out. and then the But sec- also like a very different version of well i mean what the eagles are not i'm not saying it doesn't count i'm just saying like the eagles have like they're night and day from that point to where they are now that was also and we've talked about this since the the beat dallas shirt game for nick sirianni and then 2021 they met in the first week 18 um that the nfl had and that was on a saturday though and that was the they had both locked up their playoff positioning dallas just you know got a bunch of records um and then lost in the wild card round mm-hmm. well they both lost in the wild card round actually a week later and then last year we got hertz rush in philly um and then we got dak Minshew at at&t stadium and of course third and 30 so yeah that's where we're at so yeah this is the first meaningful consequential eagles and a huge one again a lot of, a lot in the line here i mentioned earlier the stakes if the cowboys win this game if the eagles win this game they're eight and one. They go into the bye week. They have this cushion over the Cowboys. Yeah, I was going to use the three. term breathing room. Yeah, like Eagles it's, win this game, and it's it's you can take a breath until Thanksgiving, I'd say. Well, especially going into this stretch, it's like, yeah, we have this tough stretch going coming up here, but hey, we have some margin for error. Like, it, the Eagles don't have to dominate this stretch. They don't have to go undefeated. They have to go probably 
three and three at least, I would say, and they have to at least win one over the Cowboys. If you told anything, any Eagles fan that, hey, sign here for four and two and at least one is over the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, anyone's doing that. Anyone's accepting two losses only out of that stretch. That'd be a really, really, really good result. And I think three and three more modestly is probably what you're realistically hoping for. And again, at least one win over the Cowboys. If it's both, then you'll also take that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a huge game. Looking forward to previewing it more. Definitely need to get a better sense of the injury reports right now. I'm not ready to make a pick, honestly. It's too early in the week. I have to see the injury reports. I have to see how the vibes are in terms of the trade deadline. And uh, you know, if anything happens, yeah, at the eleventh hour. Is any team chirping at each other this week, giving each other bulletin board <laughs> material? There's a lot to to figure out before Sunday's game, but I am very confident. It'll be a good one, finally, as it should be between Dylan Hurts and Dak Prescott. Um, it's so big, it's so important that we're doing a second show once again, live NFC East mixtape Thursday night. That is November second um, at eight thirty Eastern, seven thirty Central, for sure on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, uh, streaming live. But at the very least, it'll be repurposed on the blog, uh, the Bleeding Green Nation one. We'll again have all points of access for you available every single place that you consume content. We will podcast them as well on both feeds. Um, yeah, it's song time, Brandon. Uh, Rachel. Oh, which also, by the way, means you get two songs from each of us this week and some songs from our guests. Um, on well, Thursday. I don't know if we're doing it again, but okay, we can. What do you mean if we're doing it? We have to. It's an, an episode of the mixtape. Well, mm. How could we not add songs? It's a live show. Week? It's different. Uh-uh. Okay. We have I to have some. Well, no. Okay. Okay. How about this? The condition is the songs have to be live, like live recordings. Like it has to be no. a live recording of a song. No. Yes. That, come on. Come on. Come on. It <laughs> makes it so uh, hard, though, for the guests. Does, they exist. Do you not know that we live in an era where music is accessible no. and identifiable, like more than it's no. ever been? Like, come on. Don't be lazy. I think you can do that, if Mr. You want like to, I come to. up with A B C D E F G Halloween song. You know, can't come up with a live version of a song. Come on. <laughs> the the alphabet Halloween song. Yeah. That, whatever it was called, that was too difficult uh, it's, to find. Uh, Johann so. Sebastian Bach, man. Um, anyway, Rachelle's song for the recorded episode this week is Hip Hip Hooray, or sorry, Hip Hop Hooray by Naughty by Nature. An excellent song choice by Rachelle. As always, Brandon, I usually go first, but I would like you to this week. Really? Are you sure? Brandon you was not first. ready. Ooh, Brandon was not ready. He's been exposed. I'm ready. I just, I think you should go first. <laughs> um, I have added a song by this artist before. Um, and so I think this is the first doubling up we're doing. Um, I know you Uh-oh. said you wanted to avoid that. Um, it doesn't matter. But, I, I didn't if, want to do it personally. If any artist is going to appear twice in this football season, it should be Taylor Swift. Um, she re-released. Hang on, she re-released uh, her 1989 album, mm-hmm. and the song "Style" is one of the like coolest like songs I've ever heard by any artist ever. So I'm going with the new version of "Style" by Taylor Swift. This is a different album than the one you picked from previously. I believe so. I think that's okay. I think we don't really want to double up too much on the same album. I mean, I would still avoid doing it, but I would try to avoid doing the same album. For oh my, my picks. <laughs> so for my pick. Oh my I gosh, the podcast science is really missing a lot today. Wow. Very uh, on brand for when this is being recorded. Obviously, the day it drops is a day after this day. But I mean, how could I not pick This Is Halloween by whoever? as this is Halloween from uh, the nightmare before Christmas. So that's my pick. Wow. I was going to ask if it was an orange light. Like I couldn't tell when you first turned your lamp off or whatever it is, or I guess it's a light in an orange um, lantern, but okay. Wow. Good for you. BLG. What if I had picked that song? That would have been, I knew you weren't because you've never <laughs> seen the movie. I mean, that would be a very weird pick for you to make. Are but, you going to um, watch the movie today? 
Uh huh. Are you gonna watch the movie today? Probably. Uh, I watched the second half of the I forget the exact name of it, but it's the Legend of Sleepy Hollow Disney thing. Uh, I was watching that last week. Underrated. I like the Legend of Sleepy Hollow as a concept. The Tim Burton movie is very scary, but at least to me, I'm a big coward when it comes to horror. But I still like it. I like the concept. It's very cool to me. This spooky thing that uh, you know, you're just out at night and there's this you know ghostly specter riding around without a head and carrying a pumpkin and you have to cross the bridge you have to get over the bridge before uh he does and then you're safe Hmm. i like it um cool that's it episode one of two this week brandon as we leave give us your top three halloween candies something nobody will do this week it could be in any order you want candies actually let me let me get more specific things that you hope candies you hope to eat today tuesday i don't think i'll be eating any i hope okay maybe you I'm did. wrong about that but if i did i would want some sour patch kids absolutely we'll go with the twix bar again because we mini or, or fun size or regular we'll go uh fun size okay mini. all right one more and then i really this is more of a personal thing than like a, i'm trying <laughs> to get points of the audience thing but i wouldn't mind a york peppermint pet happy halloween <laughs>